So I've worked out how to break Spotify. How do you break... How, how, how do you do it? How do you break right. Spotify? Here's how you break Spotify, right? You like a couple of Electric Six songs. I've complained <laughs> about this on Twitter months ago. The fact I'm still complaining about it just shows you how... how what a problem this is. How prevalent this problem is, right? <laughs> I don't mind Electric Six, okay? I'm... Not the world's biggest fan of Electric Six. I like a couple of Electric Six songs. I like <laughs> High Voltage, obviously. High Voltage! I like that one, obviously. I like I the like... one that goes, it would be awesome if we could dance Yes, I like that one as well. Dance Commander, I think that one do, is. Do you, like, do you like the one about going to a homosexual establishment? It's all yes, right. I, that, that the video is good. very good. The video for that <laughs> was always good. Um, it's a, That one I won't just listen to casually, but every now and then you, I might throw up a video, watch Gaber. But, yeah. And I like I Buy the Drugs. It's got a nice Roiling I, uh, sound to it, that one. I like the one about his synthesizer. Uh, like, you can trip on my synthesizer. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, maybe I have, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. I only like a couple of Electric Six songs, right? Yeah. I've added, or I did, I removed them to try and stop it <laughs> happening. I had added I Buy the Drugs. And that's but when, it. But when you say it breaks Spotify, what does it do? You just right. can't. Well, can't... Here's the thing. I, I, I think I know where this is going because I've got my own story to share on this in a minute. <laughs> It won't stop recommending me Electric Six uh, And it's not stopped for years. Oh, my God. Years. That happened to me on YouTube when I watched an interview with someone doing an interview with Jordan Peterson. Suddenly, mm. every <laughs> single fucking recommended video is this Jordan Peterson guy. And I don't know why I, it recommended me in the first place, because I didn't know who he was. And I watched the interview and was like, oh, that was interesting. And now every second video. I, um... I find that Spotify is mellowed down quite a lot for me now, but like every now and then it will just go, oh, you listen to this song this week. Every song we recommend you in next week's recommendations is going to be like, here's, you you listened to that one song that was quite fast rock with some shouty men on it, so here's a week of that. I can't stop it. I can't stop. My Spotify account has turned into an electric six dungeon. I cannot stem the tide. It's been years, gang. It's been years. I was in the bath today listening to music. It got to the end of my playlist and went right into the, you know, just it throws up some recommendations. The first yeah. thing was electric six. And the worst part of the whole thing, right? It won't stop recommending me electric six. Right, the worst right. part of the whole thing is... While I was annoyed at this before we recorded and was planning to rant about it to start the show, I started remembering I really like High Voltage. High Voltage! I really like it. So search for it on Spotify, and they've only got a remix of it. They don't oh, even have that. the main one! They don't even have the, elect the electric How do they not song. have the main one? How is America that even possible? is why! Amer <laughs> this is, this is America! This is Trump's America! I got spit all over my money. This is Trump's America. Is uh, Spotify recommending you? So basically, six basically, and not having danger, danger, high voltage. They grabbed an AK and shot the choir that you wanted to sing the song, and just went. This is America. <laughs> yes, Conrad showed uh, me that video. That was quite yeah. a. Quite That's a, a hell of a video. If, oh, if yeah. you've not seen Childish Gambino's This Is America, don't just listen to the song. Go watch the video. Yeah. It's a work of art. The video is... There anything is, he is... can't do, that Donald Glover? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's coming coming it's from that... a... Jo uh, like, that kind of um, 
trap, I suppose, ish, ish, trap, ish kind of rap music that I find it very hard to find songs I enjoy in that genre. But that one is just it, really it is, good. And the video, as like you the, said, is yeah. art. It really is. It the, the song feels like the pinnacle of that style of music. Like, mm. I have never been so into that style of sound. Yeah, same. And... Yeah, that video is intense. The, but d- like, the, d- the big droning yeah. synths in it are almost Nine Inch Nails esque. Mm. Uh, it's it's got I this understand... nice sinister undertone, despite <laughs> mm. uh, you know the comedic yeah. sort of overtone. It's a very yeah. very good, very well put together it's, song. It's it's a video of high contrast. It is hey, yes. here is horrific things that are happening in America, but also hey, distraction and entertainment. Don't don't look over there at the bad things. I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I say this, I, right? For all of the things YouTube has done wrong, and for everything it's wrecked, for all the lives <laughs> it's taken, and for all of the nations it's brought to their knees, right? I will say, it's given the music video extra life. Because we don't yeah. really have our MTV or the box like we used to have when we were teens. So we don't have the box anymore. But we do have YouTube. And so every now and then, you know, something like Childish Gambino's uh, This Is America comes up. We, we all watch it. Or um, what's that other one? Genghis Khan uh, by the guy Mika Snow, I think his name is. Uh, Genghis mm. Khan was uh, a recent one. Run Boy Run had an amazing music video. Mm. Um so yeah, yeah, we, YouTube sort of song. at least kept that alive. It's a really nice song. It's a really it gets you pumped for stuff. Uh, I think it's on run, my playlist by, that I play when I go run. to the wrestling shows. I do. Run boy, run by Cradle. I mean by Woodkid. Go and look it up. Woodkid, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very good. It's got a real. Uh, makes me think of something like Eco or something. Um, the main. He, he kid also in it did that really cool song from the Assassin's Creed uh, Revelations trailer. I can't remember oh. the name. Oh well, there um, you go. Um, <laughs> It'll come to me well, in a minute. Well, Jim, while well, you were sharing your story of being recommended nothing <laughs> Iron. but Electric Sorry, Six recently. Iron. Oh, that's all right. Iron. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you were sharing your story about Electric Six yes. being all that Spotify would recommend to you. Yeah. I recently had the, the opposite where it recommended me a bunch of things and it was great that it did that. Uh, I found one track by this artist called Levi the Poet who does like a lot of spoken word stuff that's really well made yeah um and i listened to one of their tracks and was like oh that was really good and i just completely forgot about it and then next week my discover weekly was like here is everything this artist has ever done just, just get, get around to listening to it and it was all i mean good. i will say this like spotify has helped me find music that's sort of in line with the the eclectic things that i listen to because i got a yeah. bit of a wide taste but not a deep taste like i i used to get deep like electric light orchestra sparks pulp they're my sort of main big three mm. but as technology's moved on and a lot of people consume entertainment in different <clears> ways <throat> like i was around in the limewire days and everything and yeah. something like spotify lets you listen to a wider variety of music but i don't think lets you get into the deeper cuts it's it's yeah it's not the case of like i like some songs by this band i'm going to download their entire discography including yeah. every demo they ever made but you might listen to a fair like few dive in yeah, yeah. so I've, I've discovered uh like mother mother i discovered through spot oh no no that was through fucking uh, the ps vita's music thing i was bored yeah. and listened to it in a in an airport once um but what i've been listening to lately i've been listening to a song called can't go to hell which i really want to use in a for a wrestling entrance sometime if i ever manage a tag team i know exactly how we're going to come out to that that's uh, sin shakes in um brick and mortar keeps getting recommended to me there's some of the, some of that's pretty good uh what else is there uh I where do you where do you have a re- where's the rec- i'm trying to find what spot uh, there is a thing me. under playlists discover weekly 
and that will get you stuff nominally based on your taste. I have been disliking Electric Six songs just to try and get to stop Spotify. It's recommending a bunch of stuff I have never in my life heard of. And there you go. That's That's kind of why I love Discover Weekly. Like it's it can be hit and miss. Like they they recommend recommending the Miracle of Sound. Well, there you go. Oh heck! Well, they've got obviously good taste then. Um, like, yeah, oh, another every, Alice every, Band song is on my yeah, Discover they, Weekly. I listened to one of them yeah. and they were quite nice. I every every Monday I go on and there's like thirty tracks and maybe three or four of them I'll be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I'll I just don't like do that's, that's week, my Monday morning routine now. If I'm listening to music and it, I realise it's been a week since, then yeah, I'll hop in and see what there is. And some of you know, a lot of it's drag, uh, in my taste, but. Um, Every now and then there's something that really hits me and then there's just Electric Six that I have to deal with. So, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Laura. Hello, Gavin. Welcome to Podquisition. I'm Jim Sterling. I'm your host. Uh, Just trying to get that out of the way. Under 10 minutes. So so that's good. Last time it was close to the end of the hour before we even acknowledged that we hadn't done introductions. Before we crack on with the show proper... (laughs) Um, I would just like to offer some thoughts and well wishes to John Bain and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only wish them luck and strength. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, mm-hmm. John Bain, uh, Total Biscuit. A divisive figure, obviously. Um, I won't go into Basically, he's, he's had some major, major health problems. He's been very open and frank about it, and it seems like, you know, it's not good. But I, I just wanted to put out some well wishes because mm. no one, no one at all, yeah. I don't think, certainly no one in my life deserves to go through that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and I also don't know. feel like that statement needs to be qualified with anything else either. So yeah, and no, 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 I don't, I don't yeah. want to do that kind of thing. I just, you know, I want to, I, I just feel for for John yeah. and his family, mm. and I, I got nothing wise or pithy to say. It's just luck and strength. That, all, that's all, all I, I can do. Luck and strength is, is what all, I wish them. Yeah. All, all I have to say is cancer fucking sucks. Mm. Yeah, I've there, had, yeah. Um, I've, I've had family members in their 50s and 60s die from cancer, and it always feels like it's too soon. Yeah. To and I understand. You're like, your 30s is... Pretty, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm. not good. I understand the drive people have to say, fuck cancer. I know that's sort of a, uh, a phrase that, that people say to me i never i never got comfort from it because cancer don't care what you say yeah it's uh ugh, but you know i i hope we can only hope that the things things turn out as, as well as they can and like i say just i i I, ca- I come back to what i say of just luck and strength and so you can wish someone in in that position yeah. um so yeah that's i i, I felt we should, we should say something you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that. That's fair. Um, yeah. and, and, with and, that, and I agree absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, um, of, also, thinking of your family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I wanted to talk about some issues I have as well, but I'm going to save that to the end because they're nothing like uh, John's situation, and it would feel really shitty to just follow it up with. Well, here's what I've got wrong. Um, but I do feel like I owe my my listeners and viewers a bit of an explanation as to why. I wasn't on a podquisition and why the Jimquisition uh, that week had, had not been around and why there's some... I've not been about much, uh, but I want okay. to talk about well, that towards the end as we yeah. wrap up. Uh, but, well, sorry. 
I know, go on. I know, I was just going to say, but let's, let, let, let's video games, let's podcast, let's put Electric Six behind us. <laughs> uh, what do we want to talk about first? There's actually I, quite a, a meaty amount today. Lots of games we, have been played, lots of news. Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff. Can, can I start with one that's been like the last few days oh, for me? Oh, ab- absolutely more, please. I've been, I've been playing with that Nintendo Labo, that box of cardboard ah, Nintendo made. Oh, yes, yeah. I keep forgetting it exists until you specifically <laughs> mention it. Then I tell myself, yeah. i got to go get, get one to try it, and then I, I don't. So, <laughs> so well, let's um, tell us. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Like, I'm a very specific kind of person. I love building like Gundam model kits where it's just like follow these very specific intricate instructions and do this thing for several hours, and then at the end of it, it's like, ah, I made it, I guess. And that's sort of the whole thing. Like, I really yeah. like the catharsis of sitting and making something. Mm-hmm. And for that, I feel like I am getting my values worth out of Nintendo Labo already. Like, well, it takes I'm, hours to put stuff together, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. I'm, I'm going to get to the, like, what happens once these things are built in a second. Yeah. But just just building these things is really calm and relaxing for me. Um, the All of the, like, pop the cardboard out of the big sheet is really easy. All of the oh, I love doing that. make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it's all very satisfying. It's always satisfying. fun to pop cardboard out of cardboard, like cardboard shapes. Yeah. yeah, it's all just, it all has a very satisfying tactile feel yeah. to it. Um. The companion cartridge they have with it that, like, talks you through how to do everything. Very, very clear instructions. Never did I find myself um, confused about what to do or misunderstanding a step. Um, What I will say, it's a little bit slow. And for some people, it's going to be a little too slow at first. I was going to ask you, Laura, is is it 60 quid's worth of tactile? Because, you know, bubble wrap is pretty cheap. Well, we'll 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 get there in a second. Um, <laughs> Can so I like, ask a quick the, question? Yeah, go on. Um, go on. Yeah, he was talking about the popping the cardboard out of cardboard that made me think. Yeah. About it. What type of cardboard are we looking at? Like, it looks a bit like cardboard box cardboard, but you know, I was hoping it for is, kids it might be it like flimsy? like children's okay. storybook cardboard, where um, it's a bit it more is, thick. It is thicker and sturdier than I expected, and mm-hmm. when you finish building these things, the things you've built do feel sturdy. If you stood on it by I, mistake, I, I, would it be completely destroyed? Possibly if you stepped on it. If I, if I stepped on but, it, it would. But like, <laughs> That's why I don't leave my things yeah, on the floor. <laughs> in, in terms of general use of it, I've never been concerned I'm going to damage these things. Okay. Right. It's kind of where I'm at. It's like, it, don't so. tread on it, but... Yeah, sufficient you, use wear and tear. You, it seems fine. You can you can roughhouse while playing with it. If your cat, but if don't your step cat on it. stepped on it, would the cat break it? My cat has stepped on it and it hasn't broken. Brilliant. There we go. It survived the go. cat test. It survived. It's it survived my cat. Yeah. <laughs> so I I guess going back to what I was saying, like I yeah. I was I built at least the first one of these I did with uh, with my partner over the weekend, and for her she was skipping ahead like, hey. Every every single piece that comes out of here, I've got to fold it along the fold lines. I, I know that. And she was just sort of like jumping ahead to that before the instructions were saying. And I was like, no, no, no. I just want to take it slow. I'll, I'll do each fold as it tells me in case I've <laughs> got to do something different with this one. Unlike DJ but... Khalid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, so far I've put together. Oh, yeah, yeah. The... I just got to say. Yeah. I just got to say, right? Yeah. About yeah. that situation. Oh, the DJ Kelly. Yeah, because I said this on the spin-off doctors that we recorded <laughs> yesterday, but weren't able to publish because we just 
apparently the gods do not want us to record King of Kong. Um, but <laughs> we did our King of Kong two hours, brilliant, and then Conrad's recording stopped halfway through and we didn't realise, so the whole thing's thrown in the trash and we got to try again later. But anyway, he, we brought it up there. Conrad brought it up there, told me everything that happened. So I just, because that was lost, I need to declare... Yeah. To DJ Khalid, get down there and get <laughs> munching, you lazy bastards. Right, Indeed. carry on. Get, get your fe- face between their can, legs, DJ Khalid. Can um, I tell you my joke about DJ Khalid? Go on. Why is DJ Khalid like a cheap guitar? Why? Why? They both make second-rate imitation music, and you're not going to get any decent licks from either of them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well Sorry, done. I was holding a glass. Clap, clap. Uh, that was Very beautiful. Well um, so, yeah, I'm here Labo. All week, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, I've built two of, the, two of the things in Labo so far. Like, I've got the variety kit that's got the bunch of different things. Um, I built a house and I built a set of motorbike ha- handlebars. And I can talk about the mini games that come with both of those a little bit. Mm-hmm. The house one is very, very minimalist mini game. It is kind of like uh, an HD Tamagotchi. You put some switches in the side of the house, some mini games happen. You like hit a button and turn a, a key, and things happen. It's all very like mess around with this cute little animal, but there's no real end goal to it. It's just kind of have some silly fun. I- I'm probably not gonna go back to it now that I've uh, built it and messed around with that mini game. Ha- like, how yeah. Tamagotchi is it? Like, is there feeding and cleaning? No, it's no? it's not even oh, that much. Like, you you can by doing mini games interacting with this house, you get jelly beans that can change the pattern and the color of your creature. Uh, right. And that's that's about it. Otherwise, it's just like. You see, if it were of... a proper virtual pet, that yeah. one I I I, I love yeah, a good virtual I, pet. I agree with you there. If it was slightly more full-featured, I'd, I'd be into it. But as it is, it's kind of, oh, it's really novel that, like, the, the house works and that it recognises the things oh, I'm, sure, I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of Laura, it. Laura, the most yeah. important question. How is the David Guetta piano? I've not made the piano yet. Oh. The piano is apparently the lengthiest one to make, so I'm leaving that yeah, for, like... Oh. That's, that's all that's the gonna be my... bands and... Yeah. So, yeah, the, the one that yeah. I finished today was the motorbike. Mm-hmm. And that's that's more substantial. So, after building this set of like motorbike handlebars, where like the right throttle like has a very responsive um, elastic band rev to it that you use to sort of speed, and you tilt the handlebars to to turn, and it's basically got a Mario Kart game in there <laughs> with like multiple like speed modes, like the sort of CC yeah. modes that you have in Mario Kart. There's multiple different tracks. Uh, you can design your own tracks by scanning in stuff with the IR camera on the Joy-Con and make your own tracks. It's a surprisingly full-featured, like, kart racing motorbike game wow. that feels really good to play. Like, that is a much better showcase of, like, I will come back and play this again. What's the, Whereas I, yeah. the, visu- what's the visuals on that? Like, does it look good? Um, and what's it, the art it, like? Is it Mario-ish or Nintendo-ish um, in any way? Or just like a, it, a, a bike? It looks very much like they cut a level out of out of a Mario Kart and stripped the Mario stuff from it. Gotcha. But it's gotcha. It's, it's visually on par with Mario Kart. L- um, Laura. It yeah. Did you get one of a selection of different sets, or is it at the moment just one set that that is the only one? So currently, there's two. Okay. There is the variety one that has like a bunch of things in it. Yeah. And there is the one that makes a big robot. Okay. 
And those are the two right now. And I have the, the variety one that's a bunch of different things. But yeah, like I I was I wasn't sure how I felt about it after doing just the house, because I was like, eh, there's not really much to this now I've built it. Yeah. The motorbike, I'm like, ooh, uh, there's actually a fun game here that I get now that I built this thing. I will keep this piece of cardboard tat around so I can keep playing this fun mo- motorbike game. Hey, well, yeah, that's at I, least worth it. And like you said, you got your money's worth from the building aspect because you liked well, the building aspect. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Like, here's the thing. Even, even if all of the minigames had turned out to be as kind of nothing as the house one was, I still feel like I'd get my, my you know, values worth out of this box because for me, it's just very cathartic to build stuff like this and the... The way they do their instructions and the way all the pieces are put together is just very satisfying to build. I have to no, say, no, having I, having yeah. the um, ability to attach the Joy-Cons onto a little car and make them drive away out of your house forever is a nice feature. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing I hadn't noticed about, like, you know that like weird vibrating uh, remote control car thing they've got in there? You may be seen. It's just like, it yeah. vibrates around the room. Yeah. <laughs> you can see, like... I didn't know the IR camera on the the Joy-Con was like as was picking up as much detail as it was. Yeah. You can totally use that to drive that that little car thing out the room and be like, "Oh yeah, no, I can totally tell where I am <laughs> in my house." Like it was novel realizing quite how precise that IR camera was. So yeah. That was something. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing, but I'm I'm having a lot of fun out of my box of cardboard. Hey, um, the the cardboard again. Uh, you get enough to construct everything as its own individual thing. It's not like turning the materials from a house no, into no, handlebars. Um, when when you like go to build something, like say the the motorbike handlebars, there will be like five or six sheets of cardboard that are like these ones are labeled for the motorbike these ones are all ah, motorbike bits gotcha. so you can make the motorbike with only those bits so you don't have to disassemble something to remake something else and they even have a couple of spares like there's spares of a couple of bits in there that's a wise move that's wise especially for the yeah. i guess what their main target demo would be it's particularly stuff like stoppers that you, like you have to apply some pressure to to get them into the right spot right Things that you might damage while trying to push in, you've got spares of, which is nice. That's a good move, yeah. yeah. Sounds but good. It... I mean, I'm I'm interested enough to want to pick it up. I don't know if I uh, will, but I'm interested enough to be interested enough. It's it's one of those things. I got sent it through work, and I was like, you know, yeah, I, I was umming and arguing about whether I would spend the money on it, but as it's here, I'll do it. And it's just provided a couple of really nice afternoons of just sitting down and making has been lovely. That's good. That's good. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. I'm glad it turned out okay. Uh, what about both of you? What have you been playing? Uh, Gavin, would you like to go first, sir? No, you, you guys take over this one. I've only played more God of War. I'm doing my uh, second, okay. second oh, run yeah. for video footage. So. Gotcha. Still awesome. Um, enough said. Yeah, it really does just get better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, by the way, I completely forgot that I had a certain thing in the footage on the Jimquisition for my God of War video this week. Oh, no. I'm sorry it spoiled I... some stuff. Yeah, I did. It's hard, I did it's have hard my not to get ahead of the spoilers. Vi- yeah, I, yeah. I, I did have my moment watching that video being like, ha, hmm, ha. Yeah, I'm sorry about I, I, I reached about the 40% of, uh, point of the game today and realised I can't cap any more footage for the video now. I'm going to just no. have to go back and pick some fights and load an old save <laughs> and record that. 
Normally, I'm really good about avoiding or marking that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I again, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hide behind excuses later for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, oh, anyway, own. I've yeah. been playing. Let's see, I, I'd already beaten God of War before, last time. I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 2. I mean, full-on Dark Souls mode. Um, I saw that. I, realize... I, I logged on la- onto PlayStation last night, and I was like, what, what's all my mates playing? I was like, oh, Jim's playing Dark Souls 2. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, complete obsession at the moment. I've been reading like the TV Tropes pages for Dark Souls stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just got in yes, uh, last night uh, to check my mailbox, and uh, the Dark Souls comic book compilation I ordered arrived. <laughs> Uh, that's all right if you like to see Dark Souls through the lens of a Goosebumps episode. <laughs> They're just sort of short stories with little twists at the end, but one or two of them are quite nice. Is it the Scholar um, of the Last Sin you're playing? I'm playing Scholar, yeah. yeah. I'm playing Scholar. Mm. Um, I, I've captured a fair bit of footage to maybe do a Jim Pressions. I know it's really old yeah, uh, by, by standards. I feel like Dark Souls is... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's There's a timeless con- aspect to yeah, exactly. Timeless. Evergreen, evergreen yeah. topic, mm. um, and and also you know with with Dark Souls Remastered coming out, it, it, I figured it would be interesting to talk about because I've never talked about Dark Souls too, um, except maybe here and there on this podcast. Scholar of the first sin. Yeah, it's been it's a while since I played Dark Souls too. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been playing through it. I gotten, I'm in the end game. And I don't know if I'm going to progress past the end game because I've gotten a bit sick of its shit. Uh, I like Dark Souls 2. I do. I didn't when I first played it because I didn't think the level design was well uh, plotted. I felt like they tried too far with their attempts at a quasi-open world and sort of sprawled a bit too much and led to a game that did not guide players well enough in the right directions. Um you know, as it's funny you, when it's I funny you yeah. had that experience, Jim, because it was the opposite for me. I loved it at first when I was all hyped about it, and then in hindsight, I enjoyed it a lot less when I went back to play it again. Ah. I I'm I'm in the gym camp on this yeah. in that I struggled with it at first. I felt like it wasn't well designed for people's first playthrough, but once yeah. I sort of knew what to expect, I it's, was able to find more enjoyment out of it the second time is any from soft game designed well for people's first playthrough though i well i say designed well i mean i was actually watching h bomber guys uh chats on bloodborne uh before we record it and he was talking about uh that sort of level design and why bloodborne is more encouraging of new players than the other ones and why people have played bloodborne then gone back to the other ones with the new information that bloodborne gives you and they're like Mm. oh i actually like these games now I of a different tab. There are few gaming YouTubers I consistently disagree with more than him about games. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, I've watched a few of his videos I, and I like his Bloodborne one a lot, but the Fallout yeah. one and the, the Dark Souls oh, well, 2 one, thing. I just disagreed on like every single I, point. <laughs> I disagree with him a lot because yeah. like the negatives he pointed out about Dark Souls, I like. Like he talked about how using the shield makes the game boring and, and slowed yeah. down. That's how oh, I yes, play said, because I love turtling. He, I love he being the, defensive. He used the phrase playing it wrong and I immediately was like, nope, you've lost me there. I was surprised that the H-Bomber guy would use that phrase. But yeah. um, 
I did I, love it. I love watching his insights even when I disagree. That He's one of those yeah. guys that uh, he's got a magnetism to his arguments. He's, and he does use logic that I can't fault, where it's like, yeah. no, I totally understand why you dislike this. I, I, I don't love have it. To, but... Yeah, he's, he's someone that I don't have to agree with to enjoy hearing him explain his perspective. Yeah. But to answer your question, Gav, you do get multiple routes in, in the other Souls games. Um, with the exception of maybe Demon's Souls, which is a bit more straightforward. Um you know, more linear, more the enemies are facing this way, you know where you're going. Dark Souls, yeah, I took the turn into the graveyard the first time and got my head kicked off yeah. by the Skellingtons. <laughs> um, although when Remastered comes out, I'm making a dash for that Great Scythe because I want to I wanna work with the Great Scythe in Dark Souls this time around. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, there is that. Uh, I, I think you can get to New Londo at that point. Like I can't remember. I remember the, the branches of of whatever they were called that you had to use to unlock the stone things being... That was the one thing I remember in Dark Souls 2 having to Google, I think, to find them. Oh, the fragrant branches of yours. Yeah, yeah that, I've done that was the yeah. one part where eventually, like, that is just way too obscure for the main part. Eventually, I always Google for things because yeah. there is obtuse shit. Like, you can miss yeah. covenants, you can miss um, characters... I have a question for you guys, and sorry, yeah. I keep interrupting, but I've just these things keep popping <laughs> into my head. Yeah. Sorry, I'm okay, remembering, I'm, I'm being like Ross Noble at the moment. I'm keeping a running loop of things to get back to. <laughs> I talked to Laura about this last week, or the week before, yeah. and I was playing through God of War again this week, and that one puzzle again, I knew how to do it, but again, it took me like fucking 15 minutes to actually do it because I couldn't figure out the physicality of how to do it. And it's a puzzle that involves mm. three things you have to break at the same time. To progress the oh, story, those things. and I was like, "Okay, annoying. I'm. Am I really thick, or is this going to be a part that's going to get a lot of people stuck right here?" <laughs> <laughs> now, I've often wondered that. Like, sometimes I'll end up googling something to see if other people have had the problem, yeah. and will either be in stark horror that I'm the first one to be this stupid, yeah. or in utter relief that everyone else it's is a, having the same it's issue. Just the, oh, no one else got this either. Good, because the rest of the game felt so well play tested to to the most minute detail and this puzzle was so obscure that i was like how is this in the game um is it me am i the one who's completely missing something here but my problem with dark souls 2 is the most obvious route of them all yeah yes is so obvious that it almost renders the other ones hard to to spot okay so you go right down to hyde's tower of flame and immediately get your nipples kicked off i was trying to think of what extremities that weren't ahead yeah um they're, they're not even extremities they're just little buttons on your chest um but you get your nipples kicked off into the sea because there's a big ocean out in Hyde's tower of those green knights a, really are not fun to fight at all yeah and i had a bad time a bad time until i eventually staggered around and found the right path to go um with the right bosses to, to fight at that level um then again i say this bloodborne's one of my favorite games of all time 10 out of 10 and i did somehow find father gascoigne before the cleric beast and the doll and had to beat him you know on level one without wow. online help because the game was early so that is both my biggest gaming accomplishment and it's based in pure me doing everything wrong because I didn't find that on the stream mm. and I did uh, well I didn't find it I didn't have I didn't realize the insight mechanic so I didn't I figured the doll would wake up at some point in the story and I was like what is this for a first boss but did beat it and like 
with nothing. Uh, and I'm quite proud of that, even if it was rooted in my... I guess my own stupidity for missing the cleric beast. But uh, once I got to the cleric beast, I was like, this is the second boss. This is piss easy. And realized that I'd made a mistake much later after the game had come out. Um, But anyway, that's my main issue is, is like dark souls. You're at Firelink shrine and the cemetery may look a bit more obvious, but it doesn't take very long at all to realize there's a great big pathway leading up which will take you to the undead berg. Uh, and that's the, the main difference in the early game. But then once I got past that jump, once I got on the right footing, I found Dark Souls 2 to be a, a good game. Um, not a game I was absorbed in as any of the other Soulsborne, Demon Souls, you know, all of those games. But it's good enough. Uh, I think the main problem is there are a lot more areas where I feel the atmosphere is lacking and I feel things might be more detailed from a gameplay perspective, but not from a a lore or backstory Uh, or mm. what this visual tells me about the world perspective. (laughs) However, when Dark Souls 2 does it, it does it very well. My my biggest problem with Dark Souls 2 is that in a post-Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 world, it just doesn't feel very fun, the combat. There's so much ridiculous levels of tracking... I'm giving tracking up now. you in a circle as they're going to yes. hit you and stuff like that's that. That's what I was going to come to. And there's no real when you hit them. There's no real feeling of weight or contact behind it. Whereas it, Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three had amazing feeling yeah. of it is actually oh, yeah, hitting yeah. something. It is by far my least favorite of the Soulsborne games. Like there, there's definitely stuff in there I enjoy, but it is my. I mean, least I enjoyed it well enough mm. to play it from seven a.m. one day till five p.m. Mm. Exactly. Although I Definitely. really was, and like I really did have an empty yeah. day. On my first run of it, like I still found the atmosphere great and enough to carry me through and really love it. But uh, it's funny, isn't it, how your perspective can change over time? And it's the opposite for you guys that you like oh, it yeah. more. I, I still, in, I still enjoy it more than mm. a lot of AAA games that come out. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's compared it, so. to the the rest of the gold that is that series, it just wasn't quite as good. Mm. I just, I think, even though they made some good quality of life improvements that uh, were well worth doing, they offset that with, like you say, the enemy tracking is ludicrous. The enemy aggro range is fucking stupid Mm. stupid like when it's like how the fuck could he possibly have seen me Mm. how the fuck it's some of the aggro ranges and and much less a much less creative use of the spaces than in the other games like they'll just plonk here's a big room with a ton of enemies go beat them as opposed to the way they plan them out in the other and not only that multiple enemies in the other soulsborne games i've got no problem with I'll take on a gang of, of relatively mid-tier soldiers in the latest location I'm in. Mm. You know, not counting normal, like, dregs and hot lows and the little peasantry characters. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a couple of knights turn up. All right, I'll deal with them both. In this one, the moment I see more than one enemy turn up, it's like, right, cheese time. I'm going to lead them away. I'm going to do everything I can to draw one out. Because fighting more than one enemy isn't fun. Mm. They track yeah. so well... And one enemy will attack as the other one stops. And I'm like, this This is why I've said, like, I've gotten to the end game and I think I'm now putting it to bed. I feel no, no major drive to complete the game because it's reached a point. It's funny because it started yeah. that way for me and it's now ended that way for me. In the middle was like a hundred hours of really good stuff. So... Mm. 
I would easily recommend it to any Souls fan who might not have played it. Plus uh, there's some, I would there, imagine that's a very small amount of people. There, there are also one or two spectacular levels, like the. the oh, as Drang, I say, when Drang it's Lake on, it's Castle on. is is amazing, and I, I love Drang that Lake's big good. Um, the cogwheel windmill type thing with the mm. the acids uh, or the poison everywhere. I thought that was a cool. I yeah, I still think it's a fantastic game that just doesn't quite stand up to the games either side of it. Yeah. They tried to do a lot of different things. Some worked, some didn't. And I think the ones that didn't just marred it a bit too much for me. But like I said, I can't deny the amount of fun I had with it. And like Gavin said, the the, the levels that are really well done are really well done. Dragon Lake Castle's yeah. an, uh, yeah. an example. Um, what else? Uh, the the, uh, the undead... Uh, fuck, what is it? Uh, I think there's like the, the undead hunting grounds or something like that. Uh, a, a good. Um, I really like the gutter as well. I thought that was cool, lighting all yes. the torches. And the uh, the undead crypt is interesting. Can be really annoying if you don't work out the oh, gimmick man. of it. But it's that an bit interesting where you fall level. down the hole and there's all the graves and the bells and shit. Oh, the grave wardens! Jesus if you Christ. don't, it took me a moment to work out what the fuck was going on, and then a little bit longer to work out that oh my god, that little bastard over there rang the bell. Uh, but, oh, and the payoff at the I, end of that level is one of the most gorgeous, like, haunting moments in a Souls game. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, that again, that just points to when the game has it going on. It's impeccable. You know, it matches the the best of the rest of the series. Oh, no, fu- it's just there are fewer and further between. But fuck the Shrine of Amana. <laughs> Those oh, goddamn God. wizards firing their fucking tracking bolts at you. I almost stopped at that point as well. Falling into the water. I almost followed out and quit the game because I was like, this is stupid. I I ended up cheesing that as a sniper. Yeah. Mm. I I did uh, halfway through. I'd never really used bows before in in a Dark Souls game. I never saw the point of them. But in that one, I was like, right. I went and bought the strongest bow just for that level as well. (laughs) Like, it was like some dragon something bow or dragon bone or... I had a dragon rider bow. That's what I, I used. Think that was I, the I one traded I used in the, well, yeah. the soul for it. Yeah. Because um, I'll just trade in the souls for random weapons, whatever. Yeah. Uh, especially for that one, because I, I found the Hide Knight Sword, upgraded it to plus 10. I played it months ago, completely forgotten what build I had. So I come back to this and found my Hide Knight Sword. And I didn't find a better weapon for my build. And it was carrying me through the entire game. Mm. <laughs> like, even like some of them later bosses that sword is I, with the spit the moveset sucks i hate the moveset but the power can't be denied um, but anyway um i'm really because i captured this ridge impression so i'm basically just giving them all, all the way here uh, but i will say as well that uh, bosses is another issue in that game because and it's the same issue as the level design is in that when they are on, they are fantastic, mm. but so many of them are either cheap gank bosses surrounded by flunkies, and I hate those types of bosses, Me unless too. they're really well done. And Dark Souls has pulled off some over the series that have been okay. Yeah. But this one, it's almost like they couldn't think of anything else to make the game hard. Mm. And I fear that was some of Dark Souls 2's problem, an insecurity about being hard, about being difficult, uh, and they overcompensated. And I don't think Miyazaki is quite as... I mean, he's 
some of the interviews he gives, I don't think he worries about the Souls community as much as some of the other people in From do. Um, so they were really pushing, I think, for this, prepare to die, prepare to die. I complained about it at the time. I was like, Namco Bandai's not realising why this series is good with all yeah. this prepare to die marketing spiel, making people eat really does hot it, chicken hot wings. Does anyone they ever did that. enjoy that boss in a game where you're trying to fight the boss and there's all these small flunkies trying to attack you? I can't no, remember never. ever enjoying that. I even, think the even only the one Arkham I marginally series had annoying moments like that. The only one I marginally like in a memorable sense is Rom the Vacuous Spider from Bloodborne. But not because it's not an annoying piece of shit, but because it's just a fascinating <laughs> boss fight and an amazing character design. Yeah. Which Dark Souls 2 has in like mm. inconsistently. Like I say, I, a lot of the bosses are just... Sorry, Laura, I, I'm, oh, no, let me just right. finish this and I'll, I'll zip right <laughs> to you. Yeah. Um, so, so many of the bosses are just dude in armour. Here's, here's a shield, here's, mm. a, here's a sword, there you go, or a big hammer. Uh, but then you get to something like the Demon of Song, a great big fuck-off frog that's just a big bulbous ball that mm. opens the ball up and a whole rotten head with a big arms comes out of it. Or the rotten. The rotten is an amazing boss. Yeah. And then it's like... And then, of course, there's that what's waiting for you at the undead crypt which is just sublime sublimely done yeah um so yeah there are these moments where it's like now this is dark souls fuck the achievement you get for dying the first time in the game this is dark souls um <laughs> but there are spaces in between where you're thinking this is not quite this is less yeah. than uh, mm. but that's that's what i think of dark souls i don't think it's as bad as some who malign it say but it ain't. Uh, it, it's not the Dark Souls standard. It's it's not the one you would show off to be like. This is why this series is great. No, no, no. I think overall, like, if I wanted to show anyone anything, it would be Bloodborne. I do agree with H. Bomber Guy on that whole thing. Bloodborne is better at teaching you what things do, where to go. Mm. Um, hell, weapon upgrading doesn't cause you to panic anymore because you don't know what all the different stones and titanite, titanite shards and Here's you, a... you're worried about upgrading the wrong weapon because you don't have resources in here. It's just upgrade, get stronger, put some stones in. You can take them out if you don't like them. I think Bloodborne is the best one, but my favourite one is probably Dark Souls 3. I did really like I, Dark Souls 3. I think I played that one yeah. more than even in, even Bloodborne. Mm. I, I think I would agree with you there. Bloodborne being the best, Dark Souls 3 being my favourite. Yeah. I think the thing, the, the, the thing about Dark Souls 3 is obviously it took lots of improvements from the previous games to sort of really have the best of. In, in most regards, you know, we had some fast travel, we had some other... It took out some of the things from Dark Souls 2 that weren't so good, but kept some of the stuff that was. Mm. Um, maybe took away a few things that were good in Dark Souls 2 um, that they didn't carry over. Mm. But it is maybe the most eminently playable of the games. There's something mm. about that one that kept me hooked to play New Game Plus after New Game Plus uh, because something about it is... So much more. It's it's. I think it's the most encouraging one. And I've always said the Dark Souls series is a game about hope, not about hollowing out and despairing. Even though that is the huge overtone. Well, it was. It was like that tagline yeah. Namco Bandai asked the fans to do for Dark Souls Two, which was uh, something like "Die, live, hope, 
die, survive, live, hope, yeah. something like that. Like that's the real cycle of the series. The, the the story of despair and you'll never you'll never make it through is the story of all of those NPCs that you walk past who died along the way. And it's a story of the people who aren't you. Yeah, actually, you are the one who's like, no, I'll beat the odds. Persisting and getting through it despite yeah. the fact that everyone's telling you you can't, which is yeah. really Including a the fucking very itself. powerful message when you think. I mean, that's. That's most yeah. of our careers. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of allegory you could draw. I've got like ideas for like five Jimquisitions on Dark Souls, and I can't do them all, at least without spacing them out. Otherwise, people will think I'm just, I'm just properly broken. But uh, I've got really good ideas. There's a lot of allegories you can draw from the cycle of the gameplay cycle of Dark Souls, then the narrative cycle of Dark Souls. Then the release cycle. There are cycles within cycles. And of course the game is predominantly about cycles. And the gameplay is a fundamental cycle of that. Prepare to die and then prepare to live. Uh, which can often be harder than dying in this game. And we could lead into other allegories from there. And I may do. I'm actually... that I'm fired up to do something like that hence, actually, hence I why i wrote it. over and over be denied the peaceful earth mm, yeah. yes uh i was re-listening to those like i said i'm on such a dark souls crack i was re-listening to your dark souls songs nice. uh watching as i said last time watching batty video stuff reading fucking comics and tv tropes like a complete nice. nerd you're, you're gonna uh, like I what really, i have I love for souls june so much. hint hint uh, yeah. um, but anyway, I didn't want to bang on too much about it because I know eventually we will end up talking about Dark Souls Remastered when. Uh, oh. when yeah, we just spent a, a whole other episode on Dark Souls again by accident. Yeah, we don't want to do that too much. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, I have another game I could talk about. I've uh, got another game as well. Okay, well, um, we'll take it in turns. So you please take the, the podium next. Uh, Mine I won't have to say too much about. Um, I played through A Way Out, which is that uh, uh-huh. co-op prison escape game where you, you're on the run trying to get revenge because, you, you know, you got framed for crimes, that sort of thing. Um, I was really impressed with A Way Out. It's it's maybe like eight hours long or something. It's the sort of thing that you could play through in three or four like sittings with someone. And it does... It does a very good job with its its narrative. Uh, I, I thought that the whole gimmick of both of you are interacting in the same world, but in very different parts of it, doing completely separate tasks and then sort of reconverging, I thought worked really well. Uh, I'm a big fan of the way they do action sequences. I think they have some superb back and forth action scenes that sort of pass the, the, the onus of the the scene back and forth between the players in really smart ways. And I did not see where the plot was going. It was not a predictable plot. Um, I I feel like the ending of that game maybe. I'm trying to work out how to talk about this spoiler free. Um, mm-hmm. The ending section of that game makes quite a narrative and gameplay style departure from the rest of the game. Ah, which the old I third can, act twist. Yes, I can see why they do it. Which is consistent with his previous game, Brothers Two Sons. Mm, it's, I can see why they did it, and I know what they were trying to elicit out of the player, and they just didn't quite get it from me. Like, Do they go to a, a bar in Mexico that turns out it's filled with vampires and Cheech? 
How did you guess? Does Salma Hayek come out and like pour whiskey Does, down yeah. her leg? Yes, all all of Does, these things. Are happen. you halfway through on a way out and then Cheech Marine bursts in and goes, <laughs> Apple Pie Pussy? <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll be I'll honest, if Salma Hayek's in the game, I'm going playing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go um, play a way out with Salma Hayek. It's definitely, it's headcanon now. Um, Stick that foot in Tarantino's mouth because he can't yeah. keep his foot fetish be- to himself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the plot thing they do at the end of a way out is very interesting. The resulting thing that they expect you to do as a player, I don't think necessarily works, but... I still had a lot of fun with it. It's the probably the most fun I've had with a co-op game in a while. It is, it is just a fun adventure on the run, go do some heists, do some crimes, get revenge sort of story, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Cool. So yeah, a, a way out. I really, I really highly recommend it. It awesome. it was a real blast. Um, okay, well, I, I just remembered I got two games, but I'll I'll be brief about one because I actually want to talk about the less famous game. So the okay. more famous game is Tacoma. Uh, Fulbright's oh, yes. latest came out yesterday. Obviously beat it yesterday because it's but not very long. It's a Fulbright to, game. To be clear, it came out a year ago on some consoles and yeah. it came out on other things yesterday. I was just going to ask. That I thought that came out ages how, ago. That is how brilliant I am at keeping up to date with things um, <laughs> these days. See, I was Ever say, since I, I quit the game news beat, I've always been a bit out of touch. Well, I sometimes well, I miss games, especially now I don't really I, I've I just started watching The Sopranos, yeah. so, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, there I we go. Just, so I discovered yeah. it on... Well, here's the thing. This, this happened with Pinstripe. I played Pinstripe a um, couple months back because it appeared on PS4, and unlike on Steam, I actually saw it. I actually saw it while browsing because I browse. I don't rely on the algorithms because we all saw what happened with Electric Six. So I browse and then pick up what looks interesting. And then that's how I found... I find good indie games on console now. And I know there are loads of great ones on Steam, but I can't bring myself to look at Steam anymore. I can't bring myself to look at it. Uh, So anyway, I did Mr. Coma. It came out yesterday on PS4. Um, So I played it and it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's no it's no gone home. It's no gone home. I thought gone home was pretty good. Uh, this one is a step below gone home. Uh, a step above everybody's gone to the rapture, even though it's more similar to rapture, I feel, than gone home. Mm. Um, I fucking love because... gone home. I, like, gone home's a 10 out of 10 game for me. So, like, and I don't I just don't get why people hate yeah. it so much. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the same camp as you. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, yeah. it is my jam. Um... It's, it's got gays in it, Gab, it's, so that then they won't like Tacoma either. So God his, damn it, SJWs. Here's, here's like my, my very quick thoughts on Tacoma. Um, I like that mechanic of being able to sort of rewind the holograms around you and like see all these different converging conversations from different angles. I, I think liked, that's what gives it an edge over yeah. everybody's gone to the rapture. You at least get a bit more involvement. You're not just a cameraman for these people you don't know or don't care about. And then it gives you enough opportunity to at least get a cursory care for the characters. Yeah, to understand how these different storylines are like interacting with each other, yes. I thought was good. I like the general story they were going for. I just think that they tried to do a twist at the end, and it just kind of felt really flat. I know me. why that is, because I talk about this in the impressions I put up today. It's yeah. because it's because it's short. It's because you don't have enough time to truly love these characters. You get enough time to like them, to sympathise with them to a degree, uh, but by the time it tries to expand the universe and hint at something 
I know it starts immediately hinting yeah. at a big universe, but once that comes into play, once they try and harness the scale of being on a space station as opposed to exploring your old family home, it it's too quick. It's yeah, plus- you weren't invested enough for the twist to have the impact. And yeah. the problem there is it's a Morton's fork because the kind of gameplay Fulbright makes doesn't support longer. So they had to pick mm. and choose. They made the right choice shorter rather than let's drag this out five yeah. hours because mm. I, I would not finish that ever. I wouldn't do five hours of any interactive drama. But it does mean the story took a hit. I The other thing I will say about it that I think really hurts it is with Gone Home, the sort of twist and like the big like turns in the narrative were about the character that you'd spent the most time getting invested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Tacoma suffers because it doesn't ever really tell you anything about who you're playing as, and then tries to make a twist about who you're playing as. That... A fairly obvious one, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, it wasn't a great twist, and even if it was, I didn't care because, yeah. okay, I well, didn't the, know the, who I was in the first place, so... The thing uh. before that, the, the stuff that happens before that is the stuff that interested me and, and oh, yeah. frustrated me because that also was a bit of a wham, sort of a drop of the hammer, but again, for the same reasons, you didn't know enough about the world. I knew enough to figure out that electronic arts had taken over the universe. <laughs> it's, but that was its own source of frustration because I'm like, there's some good ideas it, here it, that aren't just your typical, you know, yeah, corporate it, overthrow of, of the world it, kind of thing. I, I think, if anything, if it was going to stay this length, they needed to spend less time on the, the the this is the people and more time on the this is the interesting plot that happens to those people because that's what felt yeah. rushed. I think, honestly, we're in a situation with a game like this where we're in a real zero-sum situation because... Mm. Anything you expand upon will take away from something else. If you expand on the sci-fi stuff, you lose the personalities of the people. If you expand upon the universe, you need a longer game and then harm your gameplay because no one wants to sit through five hours of staring at people. It's yeah. like, and, and, I and think that's all the told, that... they made the best call they could with the limitations they had, but there's undoubtedly a limitation. That That is the thing with, like to use the old term walking simulator games as well in that uh, I know for me they have to be only about two or three hours long because I do start getting fidgety then and wanting to interact more. And I I think that is, you know, they they are very short for a reason. Yeah. Very short. I say they're short. They're very short in comparison to other games. They're short for a reason. It's a good reason. Yeah. But if Fulbright wanted to tell this story effectively... I think they had to have come up with... It needed to be in a different genre. Except for that I think if one they wanted to tell this story forever, as well as it could have been about told. About the people who were glowy things. What was that? And so everybody's gone to the rapture. Oh and utter yeah. mediocre dross, so, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, but for me as well, what, what another thing that makes Tacoma suffer is it kind of sucks for walking simulators, interactive dramas, whatever you want to call them, in a post-Edith Finch world. Yeah. Yes. That's fair. I like my my favorite games in that like other than Edith Finch, my favorite games in that sort of genre are still Gone Home because it keeps its scope really small and just like tells a very tight story. Mm-hmm. And uh, To the Moon 
which does tell a slightly longer story, but also has slightly more interaction in it, and it, it oh, manages yeah. to make that balance by giving you more things to do, so that I it feels less game, like you're just watching. Any one of these games that let you know that they can be more than just you being a glorified camera person filming someone else's more interesting life um, is is worth doing well worth doing and should be mm. applauded and i just think that it's not enough anymore to just hold the camera and watch other people's well, lives well, if you're gonna do that you have to make sure your pacing is snappy as heck oh yeah and you and need to have made the best lives. fucking characters in the yeah. world like, yeah there, they there need to be great like, uh, I, I played one a little while ago that came to switch called last day of june and, like, my quick thoughts on that is really interesting story that's really hurt by the fact that it is just too slow-paced. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because either, yeah. either Finch kept changing up things and kept giving you a new mechanic every, mm -hmm. like, say, yeah. half an hour, maybe, and... Well, uh, I wanted to keep that one short. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to make the other one short, but I might expand upon it next week because hopefully I'd have played episode two by then. But last night I got through episode one of The Council, uh, episode one, the Mad Ones, is uh, that's the title of the episode. It's an adventure game by Big Bad Wolf, developed, uh, published by Cyanide and Focus Home Interactive, who are always hit and miss. They always do games that are a bit, at least, always technically dodgy. Um, I don't know why they love to publish those, and that's what this game is. The council is technically dodgy. You can embed someone's face in the wall if you want, and uh, there's all sorts of weird little glitches and skips, but. When it comes to taking what Telltale did with its games and evolving them and adding some more gameplay elements to work with, they've made a very interesting adventure game. Very interesting. Mm. I I was intrigued enough to play episode one in one full sitting and be ready for episode so, two. So to explain to us, for me as someone who's very tired of the Telltale formula, what does this one do differently? All right. First of all, it's set on a mansion in an island populated by the upper crust of the world. George Washington is there. Napoleon Bonaparte is there. Um, what other ones are there? There's uh, so oh, the Pope at the time. Hmm. Um, uh, the P Peru, the, the French Revolutionary guy. Rich, uh, all old, sorts important of posh people. Very rich, important, posh people. Um, and they come to this island. I don't know what they're all there for yet. They all come for a specific treatment for something. Uh, and George Washington at one point says they... I don't know. The, the Templars. But they're, a, it, it, they're almost... I tell you what, they're, they're King's Landing. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's skullduggery and, and all the political machinations. And here's the major difference is you have skills, it's a oh. bit like a White Wolf game. It's a bit like a, a tabletop story-driven game like Vampire the Masquerade or something. You get different skill traits that allow you to have new dialogue options or actions with characters. Not only that, but the different skills you have, like diplomacy, politics, uh, ed, um, culture, occultism, science, lots of these different skills that you can level up to reduce the energy cost of them. Um, if you run out of energy, it's fine. You'll just have less options. Or you can use a, an item to buff them, uh, bring them back up. But you use these special skills to unlock new dialogue options. And the other interesting thing about that is every character, and you don't know it when you first talk to them, has an immunity and a weakness. And they'll be immune to a certain type of uh, topic. 
and fragile, vulnerable to another one. So use an early example. I went with, there are three main classes. I went with a cultist, um, mainly because it reminded me of Hunter the Reckoning. So I, I went with a cultist, uh, put, money, uh, put points into manipulation, talked to a servant who didn't want to tell me, uh, didn't want to give me something, um, used, I was given a manipulation option to lie to them, to trick them, to get them to give it to me. And then a thing flashed up after a, uh, my character said what he said, and it said vulnerability discovered servants manipulation. So now I know that's always going to work. And not only that, if you use a weakness, you get an energy point back. However, if you pick an invulnerability, you fucked up. They're not going to give you stuff, and you've you've lost energy. Can you? So it's can, can you F five F five F five? No, is it lucky way of doing that? Here's the thing: unlike a Telltale game, this has consequences. <laughs> you can make wrong moves and miss whole branching paths. Wow. And there are multiple branching parts. It's not just who do I save, who will die later on anyway, so it's inconsequential. So they they actually remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Uh, do I help this person do this and fuck someone else over so I won't learn the secret of them? Or do I say and help this person... uh, Or do I help this person find something and discover something that could help me find... uh, The main... Uh, conceit is you're the son of a mysterious shady woman um, possibly a con merchant possibly some sort of weird occult dabbler Uh, your own mother's very mysterious and sort of this overarching presence you're trying to find her while navigating this sort of decadent court of schemers and stuff Um, there's a lot more to it there's leveling up and you can um more skills to unlock. Uh, if you do things a certain amount of times, like if you fail five encount- uh, conflicts, you'll pick up a trait which will stick with you for the whole game. Some of them giving you both bonuses and penalties. Everything that has a penalty has a bonus, so you're not too bad. It's like it might cost more energy to do this and less to do this, but you weren't really using that other one anyway. Um, and what else was I going to say about it? The confrontations are really nice. You get these scenes where you've got to convince someone to do something. And you've only got like several interactions and a limited amount of blunders of of picking the wrong thing. And if you don't convince them, you don't convince them. That's it. And that's 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 where the game starts getting really interesting. And I want to see because this is only episode one, and they've shown a lot of promise with the concept. So I'm interested to see how they expand it across the episodes as they come out. I was going to say, this is my big question at the second. How many of the episodes are out? Um, I think that the second one came out very recently. Okay, and the first and one came out what, not like too five, long ago. Probably. I think it's like five. Yeah, five, like that. Like that. Um, the season pass is like 20 bucks. Uh, and I think it's worth it so far. I mean, I got, I got plenty of entertainment from episode one. Um, it's got problems. I say it's published by Cyanide and Focus Interactive. So if you've played the games they tend to publish, you know what sort of jank you're dealing with. I'm, I'm, um, I'm definitely intrigued. I might wait until the whole season's out and hear how maybe, it turns yeah. out. But like, I'm definitely interested. I think you'll update it. You've got me. You got me hooked in. So please yeah. let us know how those episodes I was, go. I was drawn in by the artwork. Like you've got the guy with the big powdered wig and the face paint and the aristocracy stuff on, 
Um, Washington is not portrayed flattering. None of them are portrayed flatteringly. None of the historical figures. Everyone's a bit puffy and bloated or ill-looking or weird in some way. Um, even the handsome ones just look a bit traumatized. Uh, so it's uh, quite a game. It's got a really nice art style that I just wish had better animation. The animation's not good at all. But it's it's... It's, it's performed well enough. The main character's a bit flat, but the, the other characters are well-performed. And yeah, it's, a, it's a, a story of intrigue and murder and mystery and dark secrets on an island with a big decadent mansion. And yeah, that's... It, it's like they, took, they saw what Telltale was doing and were like, we can do more. It's almost like what Edith Finch did with the walking simulator interactive drama stuff, where it's like, oh, we can do more than that. I don't think this is going to have the same impact Edith Finch had, because um, I don't think many people are talking about it too much. But they're doing what Edith Finch did, even if they they don't quite have the the budget and the moxie to. I don't say the budget, but the just the technical stuff isn't quite on par. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if if that sounded interesting to you, you will probably like it. I'm gonna have to at some point give that a look. No, it's it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for games. That is it for games. Yeah. Uh, we are at the hour. I I said I'll I'll explain myself. Um, so this will be a bit difficult. So forgive me because uh, I, I I don't know where to start. I was going to do this in a video at some point, but I kept putting it off because it is a difficult thing to talk about. Because I'm always usually quite frank and open about mm. me my life and the things that go on in it. Uh, but this is just a step above my comfort level because it's it's uh, one of those things where you kind of are honest with yourself and realise the problems you have aren't quite as easy to deal with as you thought they were. So let's just pick a starting point to get into this thing. I tore up two prescriptions I had um, for two months more uh, painkillers, Norco, ben, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, I tore them up because the painkillers were not good for me and they were not helping me. But the problem is, is I was also physically addicted to them because obviously I've been on them for a long time with my back the way it was. Um, it is healing now. Um, Oddly enough, in a Deadpool-like fashion, my spine reabsorbed the hemorrhage. Uh, not the hemorrhage, the hernia, sorry. Hemorrhage would be way more serious. Uh, the hernia. Um, so I, I feel like I've got a healing factor now. It, it takes two years, but hey, if, uh, if the doctors fuck around for two years, you might get better if you do slip a, a hernia out your back slime. Anyway, so may have been addicted to painkillers. Uh which I got before I entered the wrestling business, which is a bad way to start an entrance into the wrestling business. And another reason why I tore up the prescriptions, because I'm like, I'm not going to get into a position where I'm telling myself I need painkillers to go and do what I'm going to do out there. Even though I'm obviously more managerial, I don't do a lot of physicality, but with my back the way it had been, even just getting in and out of the ring, I'd have... Like, there's some shows I've already done where I'm not on anything and I've had to get through that ring and 
not feel it because I'm running on pure adrenaline, then get off and head back, head to the back. And I'm like, fuck me. Um, so I didn't need them, but obviously having coming off, having come off them three weeks ago, I clearly didn't need them as much as I thought I did. It mm. turns out, however, I do need something because the doctor, after hearing about what I went through, basically the Jimquisition that I did the remastered episode for, the where I, I, I skipped a week, but I hate to miss a Monday, so we threw up the old objective review of Final Fantasy XIII. And I know people were disappointed with that, but you have no idea how much sh- liquid... I was just going to say shit. Liquid shit was coming out of my a-hole because one thing you discover if you've been on painkillers for a long time, especially if you may have become physically addicted to them, is your body goes completely haywire and your brain. So I was hit with a massive sort of hammer of depression and physical symptoms, cold sweats, uh, anxiety attacks were happening. Um, shitting all over the place, all of that kind of stuff. I'm laughing, but it wasn't funny at the time. It was quite scary. Um, it took me a while to work out what was going on. I thought I was just going through a minor sort of depression phase. Um, but we'll get back to that. Uh, anyway, long story short, on that part of the story, uh, was going through heavy withdrawal symptoms that lasted longer than they should have because... I decided to tear up prescriptions, go cold turkey. That's how I've always done anything when I've wanted to give something up. You know, if I decide I want to give a thing up, I'll just throw it away and be like, no more of that. We'll power this. Boom, go. I've decided not to do that with cheeseburgers. I'm sure you can tell. So the other problem is why was I taking so many painkillers at times when I didn't need them? And that's because... I am a mentally ill person, which isn't all that unusual. It's it's not an abnormal thing, and I've never been... I've always talked about my general anxiety, my high-functioning anxiety, I call... You know, I've always called it that. In the wake of the, the painkiller thing, it became not high-functioning, and I was hit with a major depressive phase that lasted two weeks before I finally went to the doctor um, to talk about everything that had happened. Uh, In that time, I spent most of the time just looking at Netflix thumbnails because I was in such a weird place. I had anxiety attacks about committing to watching anything. I eventually watched the entire Netflix original series Re, colon, Mind, uh, a Japanese Netflix original that's actually quite good if you can get over how silly it is. Um... But, but yeah, I watched the entirety of that because I realised if I watch um, a subtitled film, I'm reading and watching. It gives my brain too much to do. So it, it's not sort of turning inwards. Um, but anyway, again, second long story short, went to the doctor and it, he feels I was self-medicating because he thinks I'm maybe bipolar type 2. Um that would be the one where you don't go into a manic phase, you go into a hypermanic phase, which is less severe, of course, because uh, hypo less than. Um, and it's more of a productive thing, which would explain why at times it seems like I'm a machine, where I'm just getting video up, video up, video up, video up, podcast, podcast, video up, video up, off to do pretend wrestling and stuff like that. Um, and then... I have been fortunate in my life that the 
other side of that coin has been infrequent, but over the past several years, it's gotten more and more frequent. The other side of the coin, of course, being depression, and that sucks. And that really, it turns out that the the painkillers for the past couple of years may have been holding the worst of that at bay. And once I got over the withdrawal symptoms and other things weren't going away, that was more or less confirmed. So I, I went to the doctor and said, look, I think something's wrong here. And we, we determined, obviously, a, a potential addiction, potential uh, bipolar. I'm on mood stabilizers and uh, things like that now. And um, still in a... a, a bit of a place so and especially with the uh the withdrawal stuff can still kick in here and there uh even months after the fact um but you know i'm, I'm proud of myself that i was like you know what i recognize a problem let's tear this shit up let's not keep them around so that i might be tempted to go get stuff um i'm happy i did that i'm happy i went and got the help uh, I can't recommend it enough. Please try and find a doctor you can trust because that's the other issue as well, especially over okay. here. F- shop around for doctors as well as anything else um, just to find someone you trust. I, I trust my doctor um, inherently. Um, and I think doctors, I doctors think you got over me there, the right from help. what I heard, are very trigger-happy with drugs. They can be. Like they'll, they can they'll be. suggest it as a first solution when there may be other options. And it yeah. may not no, be the best option. Yeah, they can do. I mean, I've always been... Uh, I don't want to say a fan of medication, but I've... I know some people are very anti-meds where they're like, oh, here's the cure for depression, not these pills. Here's a picture of the woods. Go in there. And I'm like, no. some people might go in the woods and hang themselves in there for fuck's sake. Yeah. Some of them might need the drugs. Some yeah. of them might need the pills. Uh, I mean, I'll it's... say this. Like, I... I've never understood more why someone will commit suicide than I have the past three weeks. I I won't say I have gotten as far, fortunately, you know, I'm very fortunate to say I, I've never gone so far as to seriously so much as even ideate uh, suicide at the moment. But the inescapable nature of your own brain is such that I understand why... Mm. Because there is only one exit sometimes. There really yeah. is. And it's terrifying to be in that position where I know I'm not suicidal yet, but I see I see the case made. And it's a horrible mindset to be in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, taking it a day at a time. Uh, I'm in a much better position than I was now, but things are up and down. I can't tell how I'm going to be on any given day. I'm very sorry that content has not been what you're used to with daily videos. I don't know how. I don't know when or if I'll be able to be pumping out videos every single day. Uh, I needed this disconnect, this detox from social media and the internet and the world and, and everything. And that, I might that, that always does amazing things for your headspace, that, getting yeah, away from social media. I might need media. to add that more. So anyway, that... Can I, can whew, I just clarify, by the me. way, I by no means think that drugs are never the answer. I do understand. Oh, no, I, I, I know do completely mean. understand that for for, therapy, for depression, you do need them sometimes. I, as, therapy yeah. is something I would always recommend you try, yeah. even if you want to try drugs first. Yeah. Uh, I've been seeing a therapist um, for a long time now, uh, for for long before I, I'm I'm on what I'm on now. Um, but I am 
always keen to experiment with uh, me- prescribed medicine. I say experiment. I'm not uh, talking about just getting shit off the street. Yeah. Uh, experiment because you've got to with antidepressants, mood stabilizers, anti-anxiety drugs. You've got to find it. could be an arduous process. Fortunately for me, I take to most drugs very well. Mm. It's unfortunate if it's if they're not ones I need for health because... I, yeah. I'm basically I'm a very expensive date. Let's just say that I am very tolerant. I've said before I've got Captain America's drug tolerance, except I look nothing like Captain America. Um, I got a raw deal. I got a raw deal. Can't get drunk and still a fat fuck. But anyway, the the point of that I forget what the point of that was. Uh, it, basically, I'm I'm generally lucky with with prescriptions, and I've I feel like I've gotten lucky on what my doctor recommended and, and prescribed me. Because basically, as, as soon as I took them, um, things had slowly started to get better. And now it's sort of an ups and downs, which I'm sure will be just part of my, you know, it'll be for a while. Uh, it's hard to remember at the time, but you always got to try and remind yourself it's a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting here and, and like having a panic attack because I've got to watch King of Kong and do a podcast about it. And you, you're sitting there thinking, I'm fucking crazy. But you just going through a, a temporary fuckery thing yeah. um it's a weird thing and it's hard to do videos all the time because you've got to throw your emotion into it and on any given day especially if you're in that patch you're either in a position where your emotions are completely out of your control or you have none at all uh, which is a another mm. dank pit to fall into because uh, I spent an entire week convinced that I hated my job now and had no passion for it and I had to quit the gymquisition immediately well come to think of it this all explains a lot of my more erratic business decisions over the years yeah. <laughs> some of the things I've followed through on uh, it's a miracle that I managed to claw my way into success the amount of things I've done to sabotage myself but uh that's that. That's that's the situation. Is a very very real thing that people it, do. Oh, it it's is. It's a heck of a drug. It, like, uh, I, all I all I want to add to that is just like I, I I have some empathy for for the situation you're in. I can understand a, some some of this stuff. Um, as someone that about a decade ago did struggle a lot with suicidal feelings and who has had to. I've had to have my ups and downs with mental health stuff as yeah. well. Um, I've never forgotten the story of your tattoo. Oh, the have have I told you that one? No, you have. Yes, oh. I think you said it on the podcast. But it is. Yeah. It, it's a good story. Yeah, the, the, the very short summary. I got a tattoo done to commemorate three years of having not um, attempted to commit suicide because that was a big thing in my life for a while. Um, like, yeah, I under I understand the reluctance some people have towards uh, medication, but like. Sometimes your brain just doesn't make the th- enough of the things that needs to be happy, and you yeah. know, there's there's no shame in that. Uh, I I didn't deal with mine for the longest time because uh, to make a long story short, when you are on waiting lists to get help for gender transition, if you show any signs that you have something like depression they will take you off of those year-long waiting lists make you start right from the back from the beginning and say sort your depression first because it's almost as if trans people have a reason to be fucking depressed yeah, isn't it it's 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 almost like you know maybe Stupid. sometimes depression is not connected to the transness and there's just depression too um well i'm i'm not apl- i'm not apl- applying for gender reassignment 
and I'm depressed as fuck. Exactly. So, yeah. And you so, know what? I could probably get all the Viagra I want, or a, <laughs> uh, I was going to say a vivisection. I um. Uh, oh fuck! I've forgotten the name. The, you the, know, get my tubes tied. Get your tubes anyway. tied. Uh, vasectomy. That's the one. But, vasectomy. There yeah, we go. But like, yeah, as someone who has has been there and has been in the like, I I still go through spells where. I will be convinced that, like, I'm terrible at the job I'm doing and I shouldn't be doing it and I should chuck it all in and, ah, uh, have I lost all passion for all of this and, ah, uh, everything's terrible. And those spells... You know, the worst thing yeah. about depression is you feel good hearing someone else say the thing you do, even though that thing you know is the worst. It's validation. It's, so it's knowing that you're not alone. Cause, like, it's at least camaraderie. Yeah. It's like, again, to draw it a... a it makes you feel a, less an allegory, doesn't it? yeah. An allegory I was hinting at earlier, because I didn't want to bring it up, is that Dark Souls is an allegory for depression. Yeah. And the white phantoms you see struggling alongside you, are you hearing or at least getting glimpses of other people's depression? Yeah. Um, I might have to do that, Jimquisition. I, I think you should, but yeah. But like, anyway. Um, yeah, all... Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, ah, yeah okay. all I was just going to say is, like, I, you know, I, I, I feel it's important to... T- yeah for to talk about this because like it is so easy to feel alone in this stuff and yeah there are like i my job's going well but i still have days where i just feel like all the passion's gone and then it comes back and i'm like yeah do all the work and you you get by and yeah the 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 and i've I've also got to get used to it as well because you know i'm I'm 34 and i've always i always felt that you know i was always a little bit shattered but i downplayed it and yeah kind of was in denial about some of it uh but when you realize that no actually i've spent a lot of my time doing a lot of things to just escape being me to just alter my mood my sense of self anything that will make me not quite like me for a bit yeah. um which is why i will play like why i've recently been doing things like playing dark souls at 7 a.m and stopping at 5 p.m is because that's i i i'm concentrating far too much on that uh, and you need to find those things your distractions yeah. but uh so I'm, I'm having to come to terms as well with what I've been doing for the past few years. It's, it's learning to recognise those things. Like, for the longest yeah. time for me, it was ludicrous amounts of caffeine was, like, the thing where it's like, ah, uh, I, yeah. I am so tired and unmotivated, I will pour myself full of so much caffeine that I am shaking and that I have to do something and I make work. It's, it's just recognising those things you do sometimes. Like, it's like, oh, this is me distracting myself from my brain. I should probably sort the brain thing so I don't have to distract myself. Caffeine's a yeah. funny one because you, you then end up getting more tired because of it. You do, but yeah. it powers you through the so that you feel like you did something before you got tired again. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, and then the crash helps you sleep, which yeah, exactly also when you're in when you're depressed. You value as much of it as you can cram into your head. Um, you wake up in order to wait to go to sleep sometimes. It really is a, a real fucker. And I laugh as I say it, you know, because I, th- I, th- I feel it's the, it's the only way I can talk about it is yeah. to, you know, be self-effacing and sort of laugh about some of the ridiculous things your brain does. Like, I was laughing earlier about, as horrifying as it was at the time, just the, the panic of having to watch King of Kong, a film I like. <laughs> um, just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, that's me. That's that's been where I've been 
Well, for several years, but more pronounced in the past month. Um, Anxiety can do that, though, can't it? It can can turn anything that is something you have to do, even if it's something fun, it it can turn it into this jolt of, oh, God, I have to do this. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to, I, I oh no, to, it's okay. That's okay. That's the thing. It's going to be I have fine to when you actually think myself, about it. Yeah, I'm going through that still a lot. Like, I'm right now convinced I, uh, oh, well, this morning I was convinced I couldn't write a Jim Quisition script to save my life. Um, some people listening will agree. Uh, I was convinced I couldn't get my Tacoma video done today. Too much effort, too much work. And then I sat back and just thought, no, you are going to get the footage you've already got, arrange it in a timeline, which you like doing. That's a fun little menial job you actually enjoy. And then you're just going to talk shit for 10 minutes. That ain't hard. That's the easiest job you've got today. And the podcast that you don't have an issue with is going to take you at least an hour. Um, but, but that's how your brain works. It, it, it takes a lot of things you like and, and twists and sours them. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, like a Dark Souls boss. Don't be afraid. To, don't be afraid. Like to a Dark Souls to... 2 boss. <laughs> Uh, yes. don't, don't be afraid to talk to someone if stuff's going on in your brain don't be afraid to try meds if that's yeah. maybe what would help you and hey if you've got stuff going on in your brain you, you can still be awesome yeah and you know and don't, and don't ever think that you're alone in any particular thing that no. might go through your head that you think oh my god am I completely mad because you're not and it's, a, it's yeah. most likely yeah. a thing that a it lot is... of people go through it is my hope that some people listening to this have gone through that thing I just described, yeah. that, oh, I shouldn't feel validated or good listening to this person describe their horrors, but I'm glad I'm not stir-crazy. Yeah. Rel- relief, or I think, is like more that. the word than validated. Yeah, relief that, that you... Like I, when you hear someone else voice what you're going through, you automatically feel... Like, the, the load's been lightened even if just a tiny bit. It's just mm-hmm. a tiny island in that sort of dragging dark sea that is depression and you can hold on to even if it's just a bit of driftwood it it kind of turns it into something that happens to people in general and that somewhat validates it as like oh this is a thing this isn't just me being broken this is a thing that happens to people because people as a species our brains are just kind of messed up and that affects everyone well i think you know coming to this revelation at 34 identifying a problem is half the problem yeah. Then you just gotta fix the problem. But it's the identification that can be difficult and it you know, fingers crossed them if there are people listening to this in that position, maybe we've helped identify a problem. Uh, don't self diagnose though. Yeah. Um go see a, your your yeah. local practitioner, um, or psychiatrist, therapist, whoever you're more comfortable talking to. We we are not um, professionals find and someone. we are not no. capable. No. Well, we're not you know, we might not be the most best people to trust to help you with stuff like that. Put it that talk, way, because we're not talk experts. To tr- yeah, talk to a trusted yeah. doctor and yeah. and try and find what on you know above above board help is is and, available. And yeah. I always we can give you camaraderie. We can't we can't give you advice because it happens to people, as Laura said. But then every person is different, so you yeah. might need just a different way of dealing with the problem mm. that you share with others. And then some very much like a Dark Souls game because some of you'll go sword and board and some of you'll dual wield. So it's Dark Souls is a complete allegory for depression. Someone's going to get to that video before me. Someone's already done it. I bet. I, I, That's all right. You can do your version of it, Jim. 
I will do my version of it. I always say this as well Great. because people do often respond to these kind of messages with, but I don't have anyone to talk to. My friends and my family won't listen. Go on to Reddit and find the subreddit called Our Depression. It's a place that is just full of people who have kind and generous ears that will listen to you no matter That's, no matter what yeah. your pro- your problem is. And there are... Whatever people... Sorry. Oh, no, it's just going to there are people on there who will listen to you and who, who will be kind to you. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, for all the bad rap Reddit gets, like, it is many different communities and there are some communities that are amazingly uplifting and helpful. Oh, yeah. And, and aren't dicks. And, and, yeah, like, find I mean, those places. Reddit find, is the, like, our the spectrum of humanity, like, you know. Yeah, honestly, the good and the bad. Um, maybe Facebook groups, if you're into those. There, there's online resources and communities that can help. Um, like, part of the reason why it's you know, well into adulthood before I discovered any of this was the same reason Gavin put up. My uh, my mother couldn't be bothered. Um, I told her I was depressed once and she just shrugged and said, join the club. Um, wow. She once said I was faking it when I had an issue when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, and, and also the doctors I saw while I was there um, were not all that good and were hostile to the idea of, of anyone being depressed. Um, if you see someone who immediately like just starts accusatory asking you, why do you think you're depressed? Mm. Get up and leave. Get yeah. up and leave. Find someone else. Find someone else. Yeah. Like, don't do what I did and just say, oh, well, they said I'm not depressed. I'm certifiably not and depressed. And don't listen to complete and, utter and then, morons on Twitter who tell you it's because you're doing something wrong in your... Uh... You're, you're not motivated yeah. enough or you're not this and you're not that. It's- oh, yeah, I spent so much of my life thinking I was lazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't, and also don't assume that because no one's flagged it for you that that, that nothing's going on. Um, I went through, um, when I was like four, five, six years old, I went through the youth mental health service multiple times and they never flagged that I was suffering with autism. And... I had all the traits, like, my mother kept a journal, and, like, all the things that were going on are like, oh, yeah, that was autism traits. I didn't get diagnosed because, as best I can tell, the mental health service were like, well, yeah, but you're not causing anyone any problems, so you don't need a diagnosis. Yeah. And because of that, I TV ha- shows. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, TV, TV shows will tell you that going for a second opinion is uh, something an arsehole does. Because, oh, yeah, they don't trust their doctor. And normally when I see it on TV or in films or whatever, the patient is described, is portrayed as ignorant and stuffy, just, well, I'm going to get a second opinion. But honestly, get some different opinions. I I spent a decade living with with an autistic spectrum condition without any support because just, like, I I was doing all of the things that are very clearly, like, I was doing repetitive motions to deal with being overloaded by senses and, like, all these very big flags. It's just one person that was assessing me a decade prior was like, you're not not causing problems for anyone, so you don't need a diagnosis of anything. As I've gotten older, I've discovered the value of the second opinion. You don't have to be an arsehole about it. You can even just listen to what one person has to say you don't, you don't have and to then seek say someone to else doctor, and see what they have to say go and do it. <laughs> no honestly yeah. you can like i that's what i've 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 done that in the past just maybe I've, don't ask i've Twitter. gone miles out <laughs> to see a different doctor when i felt like one wasn't you know supporting me in the right way yeah. um because you can because do that and it's even fine. even one person acknowledging that what you have is a thing like i'm i'm very lucky guys i've never 
gone through what you two have regarding depression there's never been a problem i've had that i haven't been able to sort out with therapy and stuff i don't ever think i've had that very difficult Mm -hmm. chemical imbalance that i couldn't fix with with not using drugs you know but yeah i still remember after five six years into my panic attacks finding out that that was actually a thing that other people got and it wasn't just me being completely bonkers and and losing my mind there's the opposite effect as well where you might think that what you're feeling is completely normal and everyone goes through it and then one point you might find the right treatment and be like holy shit is this what normal feels like through that yeah yeah, Yeah. this is brilliant this is normal so that was my issue with painkillers if i'm honest i you take you take fucking something you know a bit insidious like norco and you feel suddenly capable and on top of things and emotionally right and you're like is this not is this what normal feels like this is awesome i i honestly thought my panic attacks were acid flashbacks for four years because they started when i took acid and i thought i was having drug flashbacks for four years until i learned that panic attacks were a thing (laughs) yeah it's sometimes it's not until you experience a brain that's temporarily like free of th- your own things that go on with it to, mm. to go like, oh, yeah, that's not normal. Yeah, that's can, not it, what the brain should be. It, it, it can cave in on yeah. itself a little bit. Yeah, mm. it's brains are brains are weird, but they're complicated just... things. They're hard to get, you know, you know, they're very hard yeah. to manage at times. <laughs> they, yeah. they really and are. They're the one thing. It's the one thing I need more than anything else mm. to do the job I do. All of us, actually. Yeah. So it's especially... I mean, that's the problem. Well, mine won't so let me fucking people. sleep. And I need to sleep to work. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. The, the treatment I've gotten now has helped me sleep better as well, yeah. which has been useful. Because, you know, my mind races at night and I don't sleep. Mm. So I actually get up at a reasonable hour nowadays. Yeah. Um, well, at least the past few days. So, yeah. Anyway, that... Ooh. That went on a while, huh? Yeah. Um, hopefully not too long and too dreary. If it was, you could turn it off. You got more than an hour's worth anyway, so you're all right. Bless you. God bless you. Um, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, I was worried we'd end on a sour note, but I like to think that was a hopeful note. I, I like to think yeah. that wasn't prepared to die. That was prepared to live. Yeah. That was getting up from the bonfire, dusting yourself off, and fighting the nameless king. The- for the fifty yeah. thousandth time, I think I'm a. I think I can say the statute of limitations on that's okay now. <laughs> well, on that poetic note. <laughs> on that poetic note, Laura, how can people find out more of your great work? My, me and my stuff. Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz most places on the internet. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday nine to five at kotaku.co.uk. You can also find me uh, on Dice Funk, which is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We play the game, we tell stories. Uh, I'm on seasons three and four. All the seasons are self-contained stories. Uh, I will mention this because I've had a few people tweet me this week. If you listen to season three, I don't show up till about eight episodes in. So if you start listening to season three and wonder why I'm not there, that's that. Other than that, you can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast I do with Jane Magnet, where we do silly voices and skits. And I'm writing a book, so like next summer you can probably read a book that'll be a lot of me talking about m- myself and growing up and mental health and stuff. I always get excited Woo-woo. when you remind me you're writing the book. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Oh, also just a quick shout out to Simon Miller as well. Really proud of him. He made his pro wrestling debut really recently. Get, we got to get um, him on I, this podcast. I always wanted to. We do. I love Simon, Simon. Miller. Um, Simon, Simon Miller. Simon Miller. Why? 
I want, I want to get why. him on this podcast. We'll, we'll try and get him on sometime. I'll, I'll hit him up. Um, I've done his podcast a couple of times. Uh, I was looking forward to just discussing WrestleMania, but I guess he got snowed under. I know he's been going through all sorts of stuff, getting trained and I, ready for his debut. I meant to mention this to you, particularly Jim. I saw this wonderful yeah. little documentary about wrestling on YouTube, and it was called Why um, Wrestling is Fascinating. Uh, look it up. Oh, I've been it's meaning by to an look Irish it up. I've seen it in my recommends. And there's a bit at the end of it where he, he recounts this um, story between these two wrestlers called the Golden Lovers. And I, I love the Golden Lovers I swear Lovers to fuck, story. I was, like, I was shedding a little tear at the end of the story because it was yeah. so good. I think I may have seen the same recap. Yeah. It, the Golden... Kenny Omega, I... I've discovered him in recent months because I, I, I still watch WWE, but I gravitated off to Ring of Honor yeah. and Ring of Honor works with New Japan a lot. And so obviously I've, I've finally borne witness to this guy I've heard about. Yeah. Um, he's feuding with my favorite wrestler. My favorite wrestler is Cody, the American Nightmare, who was Stardust, of course, the inspiration for Stardust. Um, his current, Cody's current stuff I I love so much. And his match with Kenny Omega recently was... Mwah! And the, the match Omega had with Chris Jericho in Japan was really good. But the whole Bullet Club and the Golden Lover story in particular is... That's wrestling Here, storytelling. Here's the, here's the years video, Years right? of a story, that and is. For, and for you, but for anyone else who's interested in wrestling, and even for people who aren't, because I wouldn't be... Re- I loved it as a kid, but I don't really watch it these days. But it's called Why Professional Wrestling is Fascinating, and it's by Super Eye Patch Wolf. And there you it's go. Just, awesome. Um, but yeah, look up. Um, I I don't think that's the one I saw, but I did see a, a just. A, there's a video that does a whole retrospective of the Golden Lovers, and it's even if you don't like wrestling, you will marvel at how long they waited to do that whole story. Like it feels like a yeah. a real relationship. Yeah, and it was done in a completely uh, fictionalized world. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Uh, beautiful thing. And Gavin, yes. speaking of beautiful things, uh, where can oh, people listen to your you. dulcet tones? Thank you. No. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under Miracle of Sound, where you can listen to all my my sultry songs. And you can find me on Miracle of Sound on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. And you can also find me on Patreon if you want to help me pay the bills uh, under the same name, Miracle of Sound. Excellent. Well, all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you can get to Jackson, Mississippi on May 19th, do come along. Uh, that is uh, the, the event at the Jackson Hideaway um, will feature a tag match. Uh, Stardust and his Ursa Major versus Adam Priest and the mightiest Ducker Ryan Taylor. Should be fun. Should be fun. Don't go expecting me to do suplexes. I'm not a wrestler. I'm. You all know why I'm there. Um, I'm there to be a piece of shit, and it's gonna be fun. You're, you're there so, to be your favorite piece of shit. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna pull out all the stops to be as entertaining as possible because part of Pride is uh, pro wrestling egos big thing. We got Jeff Cobb coming in from New Japan. It's gonna be good. Even if I end up stinking up the joint, which fingers crossed I won't. There's some good shit on that card. So, uh, yeah, well worth coming if you can come down. I would love... And I'll meet you all after. I might have to meet you outside because I now get booed inside the building if they see me. <laughs> even even if I'm just Jim Sterling, even if I, you know, I've put Stardust away in his little bag because he's a separate character. Uh, that's canonical. I'm not breaking kayfabe. 
Um, and saying breaking kayfabe doesn't break kayfabe because this is a shoot. Uh, I'm allowed to use all the terms now, yeah, marks. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's what happened last time. I think I told it was I tried to leave the venue and my and my um, right hand, Justin, uh, got scared. <laughs> he was like, I was genuinely frightened um, because, of, yeah, I now, I'm now such a heel in that territory that... Uh, yeah, they won't have. They won't even see me without losing their mind, which is awesome. I love it. It is scary, but I love it. So, for at least the atmosphere of that, if you can come down, and I'll happily meet like fans and stuff in a safe place, in a safe environment. Uh, and that, and that's that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.